Shishi Guru and Gauranga. Oh, glorious is Srila Prabhupada. Well, Hare Krishna, everybody. Very nice to see everybody, especially all the children here. I feel like I'm in school. <laughs> Flashback. We've just come back from a trip. We went to New Gokul Dam. Hands up who's been to New Gokul. New, New Gokul Dam. Cessnock. Only two people. Three. Four. You came with me. <laughs> Four people. Oh, wow. It's a very beautiful place. Farm like our farm at New Underground, but a little different. Near Sydney. Sydney's a big city, right? New South Wales. So there we have a, a large farm, maybe not 500 acres or something, 50 cows, and Radha Gokulananda. This Radha Gokulananda deity is a, a very big deity. It's like Radha Govadandhari, large-sized deity. And um, Gornitai, Jagannath Baladev, Subhadra, Giriraj, and Srila Prabhupada. So it's a beautiful farm community, farm temple. If you want to go there, they have a nice guest house facility. You can visit and stay there. And there's always plenty of service to do if you go there. <laughs> so you can go there and stay in the guest house and do some seva. Okay. Um, today we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 6, Chapter 4, the Hangsa Guhya prayers. Who's making these prayers? Who's? Daksha. Daksha. Who? Daksha, good girl. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Yaha Prakritai Yana Patair Jananam Hitashayam Dehagato Vibhati Yetanilaha Pativam Ashrito Gunam Saha Ishvaro Me Kurutam Manoratam Yaha Prakritai Gyana Patai Jananam Yaha Prakritai Gyana Patai Jananam Yatashayam Dehagato Vibhati Yatanila Pati Vamashrito Gunam Yatanila Pati Vamashrito Gunam 
Let them always be fresh. They never go ayatayama. They never go stale. They're always fresh. Yatayama means something that goes off stale. When food is three hours old, according to Ayurveda, yatayama means it's, it's already gone off. It's stale food. Yatayama. But ayatayama means it's ever fresh. It didn't go off. So let the mantras that we learned from the Guru, let them be ever fresh. So that we become always inspired in our bhakti. We never lose our bhakti. So manoratam is a very important word. Sometimes it's used in a in a um, derogatory in a way that says means you you're on the mental platform. Manoratam. Rata is a cart, right? Chariot. And the manaha is the mind. On the chariot of the mind. Speculating, not finding any conclusion. But here manoratam means the desire of Daksha for devotional service. He wants to see Krishna in his form. And in the next verse, he sees Krishna in his form. The Lord appears to him. Okay. Translation and purport by Srila Prabhupada. As the air carries various characteristics of the physical elements, like the aroma of a flower or colors resulting from mixture of dust in the air, the Lord appears through lower systems of worship according to one's desires, although he appears as the demigods and not in his original form. What is the use of these other forms? May the original Supreme Personality of Godhead please fulfill my desires devotional, for devotional service. This is a long purport. So I want you to stay focused. I'll ask some question. We'll do a paragraph by paragraph. And um, I want you to try and un understand what is that point in this paragraph. The impersonalist imagined the various demigods to be forms of the Lord. For example, the Mayavadis worship five demigods, Pancho Pasana. What does Pancho mean? Five. Pancho, Upasana. They worship five different demigods. Who knows the five demigods that the impersonalists worship? Prabhu? Zodidev? Devi? Durga? Shivaji? Vishnu? Ganesha. Five demigods. Suryadev, Devi, Shiva, Ganesha, and Vishnu. Okay. Good one. Generally, they imagine the form of Vishnu, a form of Shiva, and forms of Ganesh. Prabhupada put that in, in plural, forms of Ganesh, because you see many amazing deity forms of Ganesh, right? He's all doing all sorts of amazing things. Forms of Ganesh, the sun god, Surya, and Durga, Devi. This is called Panchopasana. Daksha, however, wanted to worship not an imaginary form, but the supreme form. Who is the supreme form? Krishna. He wanted to worship the supreme form, Krishna. 
Okay, that's the end of the first paragraph. As the air carries various characteristics of physical elements, like the aroma of a flower or colors resulting from mixing mixture of dust in the air. Who's seen the air carrying colors in mixture of dust before? Where do you see that? The, huh? In holy, holy, huh? You see the colors. The air is carrying the, the colors. It's a very nice metaphor here. The Lord appears through lower systems of worship according to one's desires. What is the Sanskrit word in this verse for one's desires? Yes. Good boy. Manoratam. Excellent. Although he appears as a demigods and not in his original form. Who are the five demigods? Who's one of the demigods? Sugadev, another one? Ganeshji, good. Girls. Lord Shiva. Devi and? Vishnu, good boy. Panchopasana. He appears according to their desires, original um, lower systems according to one's desire. Although he appears as the demigods and not in his original form, what is the use of these other forms? May the original supreme personality of Godhead please fulfill my desires. So the first, per we, we, we managed to Read the first paragraph. We have six paragraphs to go. But I thought we'd break it there because adults have a difficult enough time with a two-page purport or three, two-and-a-half-page purport, what to speak of young adults. So what was the main point in the first paragraph? Who can remember what Prabhupada was speaking about? Yes? Good, very good. Prabhupada gave the example that Mayavadis worship these four, these um, five demigods, Pancho Pasanam. But these Pancho Pasanam, they're not the original form of Krishna, and we're going to find out why. I would say if we had a, an overarching theme for this class, or a, a, like a title for the class, it would be about education, understanding, what is real knowledge? What the real knowledge, the Rajavidya. Let's call this the Rajavidya class. 
Who knows the Rajavidya verse from Bhagavad Gita? Anybody? Rajavidya? Wait, 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 wait. You're, you're on fire this morning. <laughs> Someone else who hasn't had their breakfast yet? Yes, sir? 9.2. Okay, we've got 9.2. Rajavidya, Raja. What is 9.2 verse in Bhagavad Gita? I know you know. <laughs> Someone else? Anyone? Yes? Have a go. Very good. Can you say that a bit louder for the people who can't hear, who are watching at home, watching the deities at home? Say louder. Excellent. So this class, thank you. This class is the Rajavidya. What is the real knowledge? You'll hear Prabhupada speak of the real knowledge, Rajavidya. In one class in, in the 1968, when Prabhupada just started ISKCON, he starts the class by singing Govindam Adipurusham Tamaham Bajami. And the devotees will sing Govindam Adipurusham Tamaham Bajami. That's, there was no, wasn't Jai Radha Madhava. He sang like that. Govinda Mari Bajami. And he began the class. These are long classes he would he would give in Seattle. He he gave the class and he said, We're interested in, in finding out the original person. Who is the original person? The person, the real person we should be worshipping. The Adi Purusham. Hmm? Lord Krishna. Good. We already know. Second para. In this regard. Srila Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur describes the difference between the Supreme Personality of Godhead and an ordinary living entity, an ordinary living being. As pointed out in a previous verse, Sarvam Puman Vedagunam Cha Te Tachgyo Na Veda Savagyam Anantam Ide. The omnipotent Supreme Lord knows everything, but the living entity does not actually know the Supreme Personality of Godhead. As Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, I know everything, but no one knows me. This is the difference between the Supreme Lord and an ordinary living being. In a prayer in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Queen Kunti says, My dear Lord, first you exist inside and outside, yet no one can see you. That's the end of the second paragraph. Who can tell me what, that, what the second paragraph was about? Anybody? Second para? Voice? Krishna knows everybody, but we don't know Krishna. Thank you, Vishnu Priya Mataji. She knows everything about Bhagavatam. She's an old, old timer here. Voice? Contain your ecstasies, all right. There's plenty of time for that after class. Third para. The conditioned soul cannot understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead by speculative knowledge or by imagination. One must therefore know the Supreme Personality of Godhead by the grace of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He reveals himself, but he cannot be understood by speculation. As stated in Srimad Bhagavatam 10, 14, 29, this is a very famous verse, an important verse. 
You boys here shouldn't think that I can't see you because I've got this peripheral vision. Like there's, there's a shark in the bottom of the ocean and you can see like 320 degrees. It's just got his face this way, but it, his eyes can go back like that without moving. I can do that. I learned how to do it from many years of teaching. You learn. This guy is playing up here, but I'm not looking at him. Hey, mother. Okay, this is a famous verse. Tapi te deva parambujo dvaya prasada leshano grihita evihi. What does prasada mean? Food. <laughs> prasada means food. Food offered to the Lord. Means it's. I agree with It's offered to the Lord, and when it, because it's offered to the Lord, it is mercy. Mercy, we eat mercy, food. Prasada lesha anugrihita evhi janati tatvam bhagavan mahim no vachani mekopi chidan vichinvan. My Lord, if one is favored by even a slight trace of your mercy, of your lotus feet, he can understand the greatness of your personality, but those who speculate to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead are unable to know you even though they continue to study the Vedas for many, many years. Okay. What is the point for that paragraph? Yes? So, say again. Okay, good boy. No one can achieve the Lord if Krishna's mercy is not there. Yes? Very good. Another aspect to that is even if one gets the slightest mercy of Krishna, prasada lesha anugrihiti, then one can go back to Krishna. One can get Krishna. Just by a slight mercy of the Lord. This is the verdict of the Shastra. An ordinary man may get be a great philosopher and may speculate upon what the absolute truth is, what his form is, and where he is existing, but he cannot understand these truths. Sevan mukha hijivado, svayameva spudaktida. One can understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead only through devotional service. This is also explained by the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the Bhagavad Gita 1855. Bhaktiya mamabhijanati. Yavanyas chasmi tatvataha. One can understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead as he is only by devotional service. Unintelligent persons want to imagine or concoct a form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But devotees want to worship the actual Personality of Godhead. Therefore, Daksha prays. One may think of you as personal, impersonal, or imaginary. But I wish to pray to your Lordship that you fulfill my desires to see you as you actually are. Okay, that one. Paragraph, summary, heading, title. One of the girls. What was that paragraph all about? Sylvia? It's the same, same point, same, elaborating on the same point. 
Bhakti Mama Bijanati Yavanyaschasmi Tattvata. Think of the, the Sanskrit verse from the that Krishna speaks to Arjuna. Only one can understand the Supreme Personality Godhead only by his devotional service. That's the main point. All right. We'll put the reading of the verse, the purport on hold. We've covered enough points to digest for one session. Now the first point is the Pantrapasanam. You know, recently, we, when we went to Sydney, we drove back through, we went to visit a temple in a place called Helensburg. It's a big, um, it's called the Venkateshwara Temple. But it's a Shiva temple and Venkateshwara. It's a Shiva Vishnu temple, like we have here, I think, in, in um, right somewhere in, in Victoria, in Melbourne, outside of Melbourne. So there, they have a very big temple, huge temple, and um, it's just like being in India. I mean, if you go there, you'll feel like you're in India. Everything is like being in India. From the, it's identical. You don't have to get a visa or anything. You just walk in there. Don't have to pay to go there. Don't have to fly there. You just go there and you think, think, well, this is India. A beautiful big temple, like a big um, South Indian style temple. And um, two big domes and lots of deities. Right? So you walk in and it's everybody is there. The Panchapasanam is like, okay, that's five deities. Here you can see 55 deities and more. Because they have Lord Shiva, they have Panchapasanam deities and Navagraha deity, and they have everybody that when you walk into the Shiva Mandir, so many deities, they have a row of Shiva saints. I don't know if you've seen the Shiva saints before, and they've all got names. They're like um, amazing, and they're all differently, slightly different carved and slightly different dress on. Like they have some different dress, every one of them, and there must be, I don't know how many there are, but there's many of them. Dozens and dozens of Shiva saints. They're all lined up on the wa on one wall, and then you have all sorts of deities, different deity of Lord Shiva and Lord Shiva's family, Parvati, Ganesh, Katakeya, and um, Shiva Linga, big Shiva Linga, and Nandi, and um, Ganeshji everywhere. Many many deities, all over this big. So it's called the Venkateshwara Mandir. And when you walk in, you don't see Venkateshwara. <laughs> when you walk in, you see everybody except Venkateshwara. And you become confused, right? Where's Venkateshwara? Where is... So you're looking everywhere. And then there's another temple, and he's there. So he's hidden. He's Raja Guyam. He's in the secretly hidden there, but it's a big temple also. With um, Mahalakshmi and Sri Andal. On one side, Sri Andala Mahalakshmi and Venkateshwara. And it's a beautiful temple, beautiful deity. And um, there you can really get a sense that you walk in and you walk out, and then what do all the guests and all the visitors and the pilgrims, pilgrims what do they understand from going there for the darshan? Of course, at the back of the temple, there's a beautiful outdoor restaurant. So, Italy, Dosa, Wada, everything's there, laid on, as much as you want. And you order online, you go there, order online, wait for your order to be called out, packed. 
It's like a cash cow. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of going to the temple, many people go there for the restaurant. It's true. We met many people that just go for the restaurant on Saturday afternoon. In fact, we had a good friend in Auckland, and um, she told us that she's a great, very good devotee now. She told us that she used to live near Juhu Temple, right next door to Juhu Temple. And she went there, or not right next door, but in, in that area, Andedi. She would go to the temple in Juhu for samosa. That's why she went to the temple in Juhu, not for Radharasi. She didn't even know who Radharasi Bihari were. She never saw the deities. She went there every weekend with her friends, all cool friends from university, and had samosa and left. Exactly what you said. So people go to this temple also. Go to this temple just for Italy. And it's good Italy. I mean, it's worth going there for Italy. Italy and Dosa. Anyway, that's, that's one reason why they go there. To, but when you come out, you feel like, wow, there was no instruction by anyone. There's lots of Brahmin priests there, and they, they're ready to do all sorts of pujas for you. There's a bay of, in the car park, there's a whole section that's reserved for car puja. So there's like maybe six or eight bays of cars, and all the cars are coming in, all the new cars coming in, and lemons and coconuts going everywhere, you know. Just doing puja for these cars, and the car coming out, car coming in, car coming out, coming in. Just like amazing organization for car puja. So you can do any puja you like. They have a list of pujas on the wall, right down the wall. So many pujas you can do. 201, 201, all 201. <laughs> 201 pujas, 201 bucks for puja. Bang, 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 bang. All that. So you can go there, do all your samskara, all the pujas you want to do, and everything... But when you walk out, do you know who is the Supreme Personality Godhead? I think you come out more confused. So many gods, particularly if you're not... I mean, even for a Hindu, it's confusing. But if you're not a Hindu, if you're not brought up in that culture, tradition, and you walk in there and you walk out and you say, now what's your understanding? I say, well, my God, you know, I don't know what my understanding is. There was a few Western people there. I don't know who is God. It's a Ganesh, it's Shiva, it's Parvati... Navagraha, I don't know who it is. Venkateshra, Sri Andal, I think Mahalakshmi is God. She's the Supreme God? No, she's not the Supreme God. She's the energy of the Supreme Personality, Godhead. But it's confusing if you don't know anything. And even if you do, like I said, if you're brought up as a Hindu, still you won't know who is God because there's nobody preaching there. And that's the big difference between a Hindu temple. And we discussed this on Sunday, at the Sunday feast in Canberra when we came through. We stopped in Canberra Temple. And we discussed this point. And one, one devotee from South India, he came up to me, he's a, a congregation member, came up to me and he said, it's so true, he was brought up in South India because he could really resonate with this whole South Indian experience that we had in this temple. He said he was brought up in, the, in South India and... He went to for darshan every weekend of his life in his childhood, and he learned how to circumambulate the deity and learned to pray for so many things, you know, to to get good marks and to get a good wife and to get promotion. He learned to pray. He learned to circumambulate. He learned to take idli. He just he said that was it. There was no knowledge for him in his whole upbringing. He didn't know what one thing from another. 
And he appreciates so much how much he learned when he came to ISKCON. When he came to ISKCON, he learned that Hamsa Vasya Prabhavo. He learned that one mantra, he learned one mantra from Bhagavad Gita and he knew more than he'd learned in the whole time he'd been growing up. Hamsa Vasya Prabhavo. Prabhupada finishes his purport with the Hamsa Vasya Prabhavo, Matta Parataram Nanyat, and um, three verses. One verse from Hamsa Vasya Prabhavo. Um, these three verses, he just quotes, he paraphrases, he quotes one line of them, paraphrases them. But that is the knowledge that we get from Siddha Prabhupada, the knowledge that we get from Iskon Temple. We go to Iskon Temple because it's a, it's a place of knowledge, it's a place of worship, and we have deities, and we also have many deities. You can see on the altar we have Gornitai, Jagannath Bhade, Subhadra, Radha Krishna, Sharagam Shila, Giriraj Maharaj, all the Acharyas, the small deities, who's the Supreme God. We also have, but we also have knowledge about who they are. We know what we're doing. Because it's coming from it's not speculation. It's not something that's concocted. It's something that is given to us in the disciplic succession. And because it's coming from parampara, there's potency with it. There's knowledge with that, with this, with this deity worship. And the knowledge that we get from Prabhupada in the Bhagavad Gita and the Srimad Bhagavatam has a potency because it comes from parampara. It comes from the acharyas. The acharyas are teaching us what is right and what is wrong. In the tenth canto, when when Krishna, when um, Krishna approached Nanda Maharaj, when he was Nanda Maharaj was performing a big yagya, he got all the ingredients ready, and all the brajbasis came and they were helping him to do this yagya, bringing all sorts of paraphernalia for the yagya. What was the yagya? Indra puja, Indra yagya. They, they were getting excited about that, and Krishna, small Krishna, he's asked, he asked his father. What's going on? Why are you doing this yagya? What's the purpose behind it? And he says that gyatva agyatva chakarmani. Some people know what they're doing, some people don't know what they're doing. Janoyamanutishtati. He says, if you know what you're doing, then you'll get a good result. If you know the purpose behind what you're doing, you're destined to get a good result. If you just stick at it. If you're intentional, you'll get a good result. Those who know, he says. Vidusho, karma siddhisyat. They'll get a good result, those who have got knowledge. But yata na vidusho bhavet. Those who don't know what they're doing, they won't get a good result. They won't understand. They won't get any good purpose for behind what they're doing. They don't understand the purpose behind what they're doing. So when we understand what we're doing, that we're worshipping the Supreme Personality, we found out the Supreme Personality Godhead, we worship Him in devotional service, then we become relieved, we become happy, we become satisfied, we become blissful, we become playful, we become happy, and we become knowledgeable. We're able to see things in a proper perspective, put, put our life in perspective in relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Because it's the, the next full moon is... What is the next full moon? Gorapanima. Not Gurupanima, Gorapanima. 
And Gaurapanima is the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So I wanted to just finish up today with a little meditation on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to begin the, you know, the Navaritam Parakrama has started. And the devotees are out traveling in, in the different islands of Mayapur, Navadweep, the nine islands of, of Mayapur. And they're absorbing themselves in the kata of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya Charitama Rita, the nectar of the pastimes of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And one pastime that, that very, really much demonstrates and illustrates this point that Srila Prabhupada's making today about education and about knowing the Supreme Personality of Godhead is Lord Chaitanya is demonstrated in Lord Chaitanya's pastime, particularly when he was a youth. When Lord Chaitanya was young and he was just about to take sannyas, he, before he took sannyas, he went to a place called Gaya. And in Gaya, he, go, he went there to take his father's ashes to do a particular, to do, to do a sacrifice, to do some puja, shraddha's puja. And there, when he went to Gaya, he met his spiritual master, Ishvarapuri. And he was very excited to meet Ishvarapuri, and he became initiated by Ishvarapuri. And Ishvarapuri gave him his, his mercy. They embraced, firstly, they embraced each other. In the Chaitanya Charitamrita and the Chaitanya Bhagavat, you'll hear a lot about devotees embracing each other and taking the dust of the lotus feet, getting the mercy of the devotees. I wanted to talk a bit more about what it means to get the, the mercy of the devotees and what it means to, for, to take the dust or to get, to get the, the, um, a, a speck of dust or a speck of mercy from the lotus feet of the Lord. And we do that by um, meditating on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So first meditation is Lord Chaitanya. He's going to, he's transformed and he's coming back. He, he was a great debater, a great scholar. And he could, he could beat anybody in debate, in argument. It said that Lord Krishna, he was a great cowherder. And Lord Ram was a great ruler. He was the best ruler. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was a great debater. He was a great scholar. He's a pundit. He's a great scholar. He could defeat anybody. So in this pastime, he, he developed some pride and arrogance, and many devotees would think, but they would say to themselves and to their friends, if this Nimai pundit could just become a devotee, it would be such a blessing, but he's so arrogant, he's such a, such a pundit, such a puffed up pundit, Brahmana. But if he could just become a devotee, and then he went to Gaya and became inspired by his spiritual master who embraced him. His spiritual master was full of love of Godhead. And it says when, when you get embraced by somebody who's got pure bhakti, you get pure bhakti. Lord Chaitanya did this in his South India tour. Whoever he saw, he embraced, or whoever saw him was embraced by him, just by his sight, and they became pure devotees. And when they went back to their village, whoever saw them became pure devotees. This is the ultimate pyramid marketing program. Whoever saw them became pure devotees, and whoever saw them became pure devotees. And it just went down and down and down. And everybody benefited, not just the top people. Everybody benefited of pure bhakti, of pure love of Godhead, just by seeing them. And that is the potency of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur says in one commentary, 
that 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 embrace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he embraced the devotees, he embraced Ramananda Roy, particularly in that purport, he says, when he, in South India too, when he embraced Ramananda Roy, he, they experienced love of Godhead together. And he says that is a combination of devotional, they be, you, be, you become attached to devotional service. The result is devotional service, bhakti, through the embrace. He says the embrace is a combination of the knowledge potency of the Lord and ananda potency, chitananda. Together, they join together and become bhakti, become devotional service by the embrace. When the devotees embrace, when Krishna, he comes as a bhakta, bhakta avatar, he comes as a devotee to embrace people to become Krishna conscious, to give them Krishna prema. And in this way, he, he's, he opened the storehouse of love of Godhead by embracing people, by making them chant the holy name of the Lord. So when he came back from Gaya, he was transformed. He was a different Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nithai, um, Nimai Pandit. He was a different Nimai Pandit. So everybody noticed in him that Nimai's changed. Have you seen Nimai? He's, he's not like, he doesn't have this air of arrogance and pride and he's not, not challenging anybody. He's chanting Krishna all the time. And tomorrow he's going to tell everybody at the house of Sukhanabhara Brahmachari. He said, he told Gadadha, he told the devotees, Srivas Pandit and some of the intimate close devotees, he said, tomorrow morning you come to the Sukhanabhara Brahmachari's house. He's a very exalted devotee. And I will tell you what happened to me in Gaya. I'll tell you what my, about my experience and why I'm just chanting Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. So the devotees spread the word that if you want to be in the right place tomorrow morning, come to Suklambara's house. So they all came there and Gadadha Pandit heard that Lord Chaitanya is going to be in Suklambara Brahmacharya's house tomorrow morning. So Gadadha Pandit, he got up very early so he wouldn't miss out. He got up early and he went straight to Suklambara's house. And he was waiting there for the devotees to come. And find, you know, one after another came, Shivas Thakur came, and, and all the great devotees came there to Shukambara's house. Mukunda, Murari, Raghadananda, they all came there. And these devotees are very exalted. They would go there every day and pick flowers. And he had a, he had a tree there at his house, behind his house, that when you pick the flowers, more flowers come. It never stops flowering. So the devotees would go there and pick the flowers and, and talk about Krishna Kata and then go back and do their puja every day. So they went there this day and they said, you know, guess who's coming this morning? Don't go home and do your puja. Wait, because Mahaprabhu's coming. So they all stayed there after picking the flowers and Lord Chaitanya came as Nimai. Nimai Pandit came there and he told them about his experiences and about his transformation and about his meeting of Ishvarapuri, his spiritual master, and how he understands now that Krishna is the Supreme Godhead, the Supreme Personality Godhead, and, and we should teach people about Krishna. That is our mission, to teach people about Krishna. Yadi Dekatadikara Krishna Upadesha. Whoever we see, give them the Upadesha of Krishna. Tell them about Krishna. Tell them how great Krishna is. So he, was insp he inspired the devotees there, and the devotees were, he said, look, now we will start Sankirtan, the Sankirtan mission, and that will, we will start that in the house of Shiva's Thakur. So the devotees would assemble in Shiva's Thakur's house and perform Kirtan 
But Lord Chaitanya could see that the devotees were a little apprehensive. They were scared of the Nawab. They were scared of the, the ruler there. He was threatening to smash their radangas and to, to lock, the, lock up all the Hindus who were chanting loudly at night time. And so when he was on his way to Srivas Thakur's house, he was thinking, he, he was falling on the ground sometimes, standing up again. He was going through all these different ecstatic fear, symptoms. And he's thinking, how can I show the devotees, inspire the devotees to take up their bhakti, inspire them to become pure in their Krishna consciousness? The whole of Navadweep is just full of Mayavadis, smarta brahmanas. They're following the principles. They're, they're going to these beautiful temples maybe. And, but they don't know why they're going there. They're worshipping Durga for sure, worshipping Panchopasanam, but they don't know what they're doing. They don't know who's behind that. They don't know what is the purpose of their life. So how can we give them Krishna Bhakti? So we'll start with Sankirtan in the house of Srivas Thakur. And Lord Chaitanya started to get very fired up and he was going to Srivas Thakur's house and he started saying, I am he, I am he, I'm the Supreme Lord. Like this, and nobody could understand what he was talking about. And Srivas Thakur was in his house doing puja. He was doing puja to Lord Nishingadev. He was praying for protection to Lord Nishingadev. Like we pray for the Lord's protection. Ugram Vida Maha Vishnu. We're praying, Lord Vishnu, Lord, Lord Nishingadev, protect us. So Srivas uh, Thakur was praying, please give me protection. And Lord Chaitanya is on the other side of the door saying, Srivas, what are you doing? Who are you, the person you're worshipping is outside on this side. I'm the same person. Nishingadev came from me. I'm the original Nishingadev. Just look, open the door. And he opened the door and Shiva's Thakur never seen Lord Chaitanya like this before. That why, what is he doing? You know, he's, taking, he, he's claiming to be Lord Nishingadev. And he's just like a, a Nimai Pandit. He's not Nishingadev. And so he demonstrated to him that he was. And he called all of Srivas Thakur's family members and his servants and anybody that was connected with the house. Even he had a Muslim tailor who did a stitching for the, the house. He called him, he called everybody in, in his young niece. All of them came there. And then he said to them, don't worry about Chankazi, he's nothing. You know, I am the Supreme Lord, I've got a Sudasan Chakra, I can slice the head of all these guys. In, in one slice, in one discharge um, this of my Sudasan Chakra, I can wipe out all of the Chankazis in the, in the universe. So, he said, if you don't believe me, I can give anybody love of Godhead. And he said, I'll, call, I'll go and challenge the Chankazi myself personally, to, to tell him to leave alone the Sankirtan party. And then he gave mercy to, what was it, Narayani. Narayani. He said to Narayani that you, she's a four-year-old girl. And he said, Narayani, you dance and chant Hare Krishna. And she did. She chanted Hare Krishna, but she was crying like anything. Chanting Hare Krishna and rolling on the ground in ecstasy. And he proved his supremacy. He proved that he was actually more than Nimai Pandit. He was now uncovered. And now he was starting to reveal his real purpose for coming. And it wasn't to defeat all the scholars, the Digvijays. It was to give people bhakti. So Lord Nityananda comes and then the Sankirtan mission starts to, to develop from Mayapur. But Lord Chaitanya didn't 
didn't transform all the devotees in Navadvip, all the people in Navadvip, because he, he, he said they were too materialistic. He went somewhere else. He went to South India. He sends Rupa and Sanatan to Vrindavan to preach in Vrindavan, and he sends Nityananda back to Mayapur, Navadvip, to preach there. And he himself, after his sannyas, he went to South India. And in South India, he transformed the whole of South India into Vaishnavism. Of course, Madhvacharya and Ramanuja Acharya had preceded Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so there was a very fertile field for preaching. But things get lost. Yoga nashta parantapa. Things get lost and culture gets lost, understanding gets lost. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came there and he preached Krishna consciousness by chanting Hare Krishna, by kirtan. Every temple he went to, he did kirtan. Every person he met, he did kirtan. He embraced them, he gave them love of Godhead, and he moved on. And it said the same thing he did in every place. And he got to a place called Kumakshetra. And there was a temple there, a very old temple of Kurma, Kurma Dev. And this temple, um, he went there and he, he manifested his ecstatic symptoms of love for Krishna. And many devotees became the pure devotees from from seeing Lord Chaitanya there. And he met a Brahmana there from Kormakshetra. He met one Brahmana, and the Brahmana was so impressed with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he wanted to give up his family life and travel with him. And that's where we get the famous Yadi Dekatarikaha Krishna Upadesh verse from. Lord Chaitanya said, Don't leave your family, don't leave your place, your Kurmastan. Don't leave from here. Stay here and do bhakti, stay here and do kirtan. And make everybody in this village Krishna conscious. That's all you have to do. You don't have to leave and take sannyasa or do anything like that. You don't have to travel with me. Krishna gave that instruction that natata sanikashina, not by just being next to me you become devotional, you become Krishna conscious, but by, by hearing and chanting and worshipping and meditating, that's how we get bhakti. So Lord Chaitanya was teaching that in his South India tour, and the last thing I'll mention is the Vas Vasudeva Amrita Prada. Lord Chaitanya met, there was a leper there. And you know a leper, his skin is all got sores on the skin. And it's all falling off. He's got worms in his skin. And you know this? Yeah, that's it. Right, he's on to it. Right at the end of class. He got it. The skin disease, leprosy. We made a connection. <laughs> so he's got this skin disease called leprosy, and it's all over his body, and he's in a colony of lepers. Nobody wants to go near these people, because if you go near them, it's worse than COVID, this leprosy. If you, go, if you just see them, you'll catch leprosy, right? So nobody will go there. No social distancing, no mask, nothing. You don't even go there, right? So they, leave the, they have a colony of lepers, of people with just worms on their skin and all over the body. So Vasudev was one of those people. And Lord Chaitanya left Kurma, Kurmastan, and he kept traveling in South India to another place and to another place. And that, that Brahmana, he heard that Lord Chaitanya was at the temple of Kurmadev and he went to the temple. He knew he couldn't go in the temple, but he went there. And 
he was asked, and then he found out that Lord Chaitanya left, and he became very upset, and he fell on the ground and, and was so disappointed. He was very humble. He got sick for some reason, but he was very humble and elevated soul. When the worms would fall off his skin, he would put them back on so they wouldn't be dis disturbed, put them back so they could get more food. He was feeding them like that. He's a very humble person. So... Lord Chaitanya knew, because Lord Chaitanya is in the heart of everybody. He's in all of our hearts. He knew that that Brahman is there. So he turned back. He was going further south. He turned back and he went back to the Kautama temple. And he saw the, the leper, Vasudeva leper. And he embraced him. Like this Brahmana's skin is terrible. All over him, pus oozing from all of his sores. He's got worms dropping off his body, and Lord Chaitanya embraced him. And then when he embraced him, the leper became cured of his leprosy. This is like um, some kind of miracle that Lord Chaitanya did. Of course, he can do anything. So he embraced him, and he became very strong and healthy and very beautiful like this. And the leper was thinking he got so much mercy one, another name of Lord Chaitanya is Vasudeva Amrita Prada. He's the one who gives mercy, nectar, Amrita Prada, to Vasudeva, the leper in Kurmastan. And so he was thinking, this leper was thinking, what will happen now? I'll become proud, I'll become puffed up, because now I'm very handsome and attractive and everybody will be looking at me, look at my muscles, how, how good I look, and I'll just wear chada. I won't put any cloth on top so everybody can see big biceps, and I look so pretty, right? So everybody's going to say, wow, you look at Vasudev, he looks good today, right? He didn't look like that yesterday. So he's, they'll be thinking like that. He's thinking, how will I not get proud of my appearance? And Lord Chaitanya told him, and he, told, he said that you, if you continue to chant Hare Krishna, you won't become proud by anything. You won't become arrogant. You won't become envious of any living entity. Just to chant Hare Krishna and to worship Krishna, and to give Krishna to others. He said, do that and you'll, become, you'll remain humble and peaceful in your, in your situation. And he did that and he became very, very famous devotee, Vasudeva, of the, who got the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So in this week, the week lining up to Gorpanima, we recommend and encourage everybody to read Chaitanya Charitamrita at home every night, every morning, if you can. And um, Chaitanya Bhagavat, about the pastimes and stories of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And become absorbed in Lord Chaitanya's mercy. Because Lord Chaitanya is a very special incarnation of Krishna. And he doesn't come very often. He only comes once in the day of Lord Brahma. And Lord Brahma's day is very, 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 very long. Right? So he only comes once. After Krishna appears, Lord Chaitanya appears. So we're very fortunate he came in such a short period, such a short time ago. 500 years ago is a short time. For, for us it seems like a long time. But it's a very short period of time in history. And his mercy is very strongly felt where the devotees chant and sing his glories by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada all over the world. He said, Prabhupada said that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sent Rupa and Sanatana to Vrindavan. He sent Nitinanda to Bengal. 
to to Nabadweep, and he's he, he himself preached in South India. He stayed in Jagannath Puri, and he left the rest of the world for ISKCON. <laughs> and that's very much what's happened, you can say, that ISKCON have penetrated the rest of the world with Krishna consciousness and given this knowledge, Raja Vidya, Raja Guhyam, this knowledge where people can understand who is the supreme original person, it's Krishna. And this Pantrapasanam is a worship for those who are less advanced, who are more materialistic than spiritual. But to become spiritualized, we worship Krishna. And to remain spiritual, to remain in a spiritual consciousness, we continue to worship Krishna, chant the holy name of the Lord, hear Srimad Bhagavatam, associate with the devotees, and come to the holy place, or make our home a holy place. And by these processes, we become Krishna conscious. We get that Krishna Shakti, that Bhakti Shakti, that Chit Shakti and Ananda Shakti, the knowledge potency and the bliss potency of the Lord packed up together by the embrace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And that's how we get the, the dust of the lotus feet of the Lord. That's the, the um, when Prahlad Maharaj, conclusion is Prahlad Maharaj, he, he's praying that, don't worry, you can never become Krishna conscious unless you do these, this, this, this. And one of the last ones he says is, unless you do Abhishek of the, of the dust of the lotus feet of the Lord, you can't become Krishna conscious. You have to get the Abhishek the, of the devotee, Mahiyasam, Padarajo Bishekam. Take that, that Abhishek of the dust of the lotus feet of the great devotees who are Niskinchananam, who don't have any material desires in their heart. And then we'll become knowledgeable, we'll know what is right and what is wrong. And then our activities will, our activities will be fruitful, we'll, we'll get the right result. Will be in the category of those who know what they're doing. Gyatva, gyatva chakarmani. Will be the gyatva, not the agyatva. So understand what we're doing, do what we do, and help others to understand what they're doing and do what they do properly. That's the, mes the message from the Srimad Bhagavatam that Srila Prabhupada gives. Any reflections, comments? Yes, Prabhupada. Yes. Prabhu is recommending that devotees who like to watch movies could watch Nilachala Mahaprabhu and Nadia of God Nadia Nimai. Two very beautiful movies, old movies from the 50s, black and white movies. Many devotees have watched them and you can get really imbibe, right? You can really imbibe the mood of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yes, Sylvia. Would you like, hang on, take the mic. Um, Hare Krishna Prabhuji, thank you for the wonderful class. My question is, uh, you were saying that we, we shouldn't worship demigods, like, so like, because they give piety, but they can't lead us back to God. Got it. So my question is like, 
to take up Krishna consciousness, we need uh, some piety. So, like, how do we understand this? So my question is, like, to take up Krishna consciousness, we need at least some piety. So, like, how do we understand this? take up Krishna consciousness, we need some piety. How to understand this? Well, we do get... It is pious to worship. I, I was thinking this when reading about the Pantrapasana and also visiting temples where they worship these different deities and even staying in homes with, with friends, devotees, um, you know, congregation members who are not fully worshipping you know, Krishna as we worship Krishna here. Um, but have many different deities on their altar, um, it's pious, like you said. Definitely there's piety there in, in that worship. And many of you grew up with Shivaji or Ganeshji or worshipping Durga, and there is some piety there for sure. Prabhupada said if you worship Durga, you have to eat goats. You have to eat the goat if you worship Durga. But anyway, there's piety there. You can say there's more piety there than, than not in doing that. Um, so to come to Krishna consciousness, there has to be some piety. Rupa Goswami says the same thing in the nectar devotion. In the, Chait, in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he says, in order to get bhakti, there has to be some previous um, exposure to devotional service, previous exposure to Krishna consciousness. We don't just come here um, just out of nowhere. We had some, there's something in our past samskaras, vasana, that brought us here to Krishna. Something attracted us to Krishna. Either as a young child, children, or as an adult. Something that, that, that attracts us to, to become more and more um, attached to Krishna consciousness. So the piety, we understand that, that, that we are a mixture of pious and impious actions. We have good karmas and we have bad karmas. And by doing bhakti, we become purified of our bad associations, bad karmas, and we develop our pious, um, pious bank account, you can say. So um, how to understand it? That we, yes, we did do something in our past, and yes, there, the piety is, is... Prabhupada is the cause of our of our good fortune. When Srila Prabhupada comes to the West, he created an organization, an institution, to, to provide a platform for people to increase their punya, for people to increase their piety. And as their piety increases, they become more and more eligible and more and more capable to connect with bhakti through Krishna consciousness, through the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. This sounds like a dialogue in the Plato's Republic. What is the meaning of piety? In, in the Republic, the question is asked, what is piety? And the answer given um, by Socrates is that piety is that which is pleasing to the gods is piety, and that which is not pleasing to the gods is impiety, is impious. So we can stick with Socrates' response, I think, his answer. What is pleasing to God is pious, 
and what is not pleasing is impious. Pataram pushram palam toyam is pious. And what is not that, opposite of that, is impious. So when we, Krishna says, do things that are pleasing to him, then he will accept them. Ashnami prayatatmanaha. So find out, we find out what is piety through Gita, through Srimad Bhagavatam, through the devotees, through the spiritual masters. The question was like, how do we develop that piety? To come to Krishna consciousness, we should have some piety. We should have some sukriti behind us. And the answer that I, I provided was that, that Prabhupada created our piety. He created an institution whereby we can connect with the process to increase our opportunities and our capacity or accessibility to bhakti. Did you want to have? If someone is is living where there's no temple, how, can they become devotees? If someone lives where there's no temple, can they become devotees? The, the short answer is at five to nine, uh, f one minute to nine, is yes, they can become devotees. Um, they make a temple in their house, and we can make a temple anywhere. You don't have to have a mortar. It's not, temple is not just the mortar and bricks. Temple is where there's bhakti. So wherever there's kirtan, wherever there's glorification of God, wherever there's boga offered to God, where we take prasadam, becomes a temple, that place. So we can make a temple in Alice Springs. We can make a temple anywhere in the world just by doing these processes of bhakti. And that place becomes a temple. These are special temples. And then we construct beautiful big temples, like the TOVP. But you don't have to live in the TOVP to become a bhakta. You can be a, a devotee anywhere. You can be a devotee in, in Werribee or Hopper's Crossing <laughs> and become a devotee. And there's no... Yes, Prabhu? What's your name, Prabhu? Nimai. Nimai. Hari <laughs> It is very, very good question and so enlightened that this kind of young soul, pure soul is asking this question. And they have this Sukriti before. And that's why everybody is here and they are asking the question. So your mind is your temple. When your mind is purified, you feel it inside. And since you are the young souls, your mind is already purified. So the temple is within you. Uh, and you are aligned to God. That's why I'm asking the question. I'm really enlightened. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.